So this weekend, I'm there watching the Tottenham uh, Chelsea game. Okay. And okay. I'm watching it with Joe and his brother, Mark. Shout out Joe and Mark. And Mark tells me, bro, last year before the Champions League final, I spent over $200 on a retro Frank Lampard Chelsea jersey from, the, <laughs> from 2003. And I went, you spent how much? And I didn't know he bought it at the time. I said, dude, why didn't you head oh on over goodness. to ElmontYouthSoccer.com? Did you know that if you go to over to ElmontYouthSoccer.com, they have that exact jersey for $35. <laughs> the same exact indistinguishable quality, original replica kit that you'd buy from a fan shop. Or off somebody on eBay, bro. This dude got it on freaking eBay for two hundred bucks for thirty-five dollars. Like, he was bro. shocked. I was shocked. We couldn't believe it. Yeah, you're like, bro. Do I have a sponsor for you? I told him. I was like, dude, never again will you make that mistake. When yeah. you go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com, you're gonna find retro jerseys, current jerseys, the best jerseys that World of Footy and every other sport for that matter has to offer. And you're going to get 10% off when you enter promo code TJW10 at checkout. Once again, go to ElmontUSoccer.com, enter promo code TJW10 at checkout, and you're going to start building your very own jersey collection. Don't ever overpay for quality. We got you right here on the Jersey Wall Podcast. everyone and welcome to episode number 109 of the jersey wall podcast as always i'm your host mr nathan santos and with me as per usual international correspondent my best friend mina brethren fc golly brethren good to see you dude good to see you too soon to be national correspondent just same that's place. right because <laughs> you're gonna be back you're coming back soon oh i can't wait i'm gonna do a live episode i'll be back, back for next week's episode as I look up right now, this is not part of what we intend to do for Bro Talk. I see a spider web above me here. Oh, and no. I am not happy. Right, this means there's a spider somewhere then? in my room. No, no, we are not going to buzz it. We're going to power through it. <laughs> there is a spider somewhere in my room. Don't oh, lose sight of it. I'm going to kill it tonight. Okay, let me tell you. I have to be honest with, the, with, uh, with our, our listeners for today. Today's Bro Talk mini segment is going to be best enjoyed on YouTube. All right? By the mm-hmm. time that this comes out, it, won't, it probably won't be on YouTube just yet, but... This will be a visually spectacular episode, and it'll be very funny, quite frankly. So if you head over on uh, over to YouTube, you'll find probably that you'll enjoy the segment a little more. But you know, as always, we deliver terrific audio pleasure, and the rest of the episode will be terrific for yours, as always. But before we get to that, I have to confess something. All right. I'm, I'm dealing with my tonsils today. No, no, it's my tonsils, dude. You know, I told you about this before we yes, started recording. Um, Those damn inflamed tonsils. I don't know how my voice is going to hold up today. I don't know how my how my breath is going to hold up today, quite frankly, because I don't know if this like is going to affect my ability to breathe because I've been very silent throughout the day. But I woke up this morning <laughs> and my tonsils were inflamed. And I, if you've ne- like, I don't know if you have your tonsils. Some people get them removed. I have I do, never. But I've had them inflamed before. Dude, I've never been aware that I had tonsils before. I've never felt them. They're just always just kicking it in the back of my throat. And know, now yeah. here they are inflamed because I feel them. And I'm like, what's going on, guys? What the hell? What are we doing here? Yeah. Well, hopefully you don't have to get them removed. I don't think they do that procedure anymore. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, you well, can I mean, check with your phone. Get tonsillitis once. I don't think they remove it. I'm not at risk of. They're not, you know, perennially infected. They're just just today. So yeah. I might uh, defer to you a little more than usual today in rants. If, Is next uh, week going to be a solo episode? 
no, I don't know. We'll have, about life. we'll have to see. This this will have to yeah. see. It's gonna be from, maybe next week's episode is gonna be a YouTube episode because you're just gonna hold up <laughs> or we're just gonna put subtitles yeah. when you speak. Gonna, I'll just, just sign the whole thing. <laughs> trying to mouth it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and that's actually a good segue to what our bro talk segment is for today because dude, we've got to go now. This idea came to me a couple of I'm days excited. ago. And basically I was thinking to myself, you know, I've been doing Duolingo for a long time here. And some of the work, and I'm very impressed with how much I've, I've how many learned days? and how much I've retained. Almost 500, 495. Nice. Nice. Yep. I just and hit 40 today. 4-0. Congratulations. I, I noticed you don't send me congratulations on Duolingo. I always I don't send know you how. congrats. I can't figure it out. I can't Honestly, figure out it prompts how to send me. you congratulations. It gives me prompts. It's like Mina completed seven days. Do you want to say congrats? And I'm like, hell yeah, I do. Congrats, bro. I feel like it just, like you've raised the standard. I've exceeded Duolingo, the threshold. It's just yeah. like, Eh, I'm at the top. Nathan's They're like, shit. what are you yeah. going to do? You're not going to congratulate yeah. him on 500 days. I hope that it goes public, though. I hope they share it. They're like, hey, here's it another member of the 500. It, it tells me he hits milestones, but it doesn't tell me to congratulate you. It did, well, I think, around like 450. Well, I mean, you could text me because you know. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank Nathan. you, bro. Yes. And so I've learned a lot of Spanish. And I've, and as you know, I'm fluent in French and, and I'm Portuguese in my heritage. And I took a number of uh, university level sign language classes. So it gave me an idea. I was like, you know, it'd be fun. And you speak two languages that I don't speak, right? With Arabic and you're learning Polish on Duolingo. And I thought it might be a very fun segment for us to give each other words and have the other try to guess what those words are. First pronunciation and then what those words are. And um, so let's just jump right into it, okay? I'll give you the first word. Now, you are at an immediate advantage here because you know the alphabet of the languages. (laughs) (laughs) I do not know a single letter I mean, you know, I can write Arabic, but that's just no. Yeah, for, I was just gonna say for the that's listeners, just guessing here, it. Nathan is, I think, what like one eighth Lebanese, so he can write Arabic, um, but he he can't read it or or it's say purely it or guessing speak it. it. You know, so it's yeah. yeah it's I don't know what I'm scribbles. writing either. I just can scribble what it yeah. looks like to me. But he can write Scouse English with an Arabic. Franco-Arab accent. And if you're Arabic, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> you put in those three fives and sevens, those, and it's yes, over. Exactly. That's the language right there. I hope you just hold up a three, <laughs> and then I'll just pronounce it like, and you'll be like, bang on. I'm like, yes, got it. That's um, the five. <laughs> so we're going to figure it out here. I'm going to start. I want you to guess the language. Okay, that'll be the first thing. I'm going to put it in the chat. I want you to try to read the word All right. and the language and then the definition. Cool. Let's do this. I'm ready. You should be able to do this one. I think you'll know this one. Okay. Débrouille. And that's French. Débrouille is French. You're right. What does that word mean? To broil. (laughs) 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 This was hard because I I didn't know how much French. French. I can flex my pronunciation. That's what I'm saying. I knew that you knew some French. French. It actually was was stumping me to pick a French word because I was like, I don't know how much French you know. Like there are some things... Like I was going to put écureuil, but I'm like, I think he knows what a squirrel is. That's a squirrel. Come on. Right. So I was like, yeah, I got to pick something harder. So I picked débrouille. Okay. Do we have any guesses as to what it means? It's not to broil. broil. I'll tell you that off the top. Well, that was my guess, Nathan. (laughs) It's not. Okay. Débrouille is, so here's the context. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint based on context. And you'll, and you'll, whenever I was struggling with something, uh, something annoying that I was perennially bothering my mom with, what she would tell me was débrouille. What do you think that means now? Calma, relax. It does not. Piss off. It means, from context, (laughs) it means figure it out. It means like, dude, Um, handle it. Like, figure it out. Cool. And that is what they It's nice that there's a word for that. Yeah, exactly. Bro, the French got a word for it. You don't think the French would have a word for figure it out? 
everything. French people everything. would 100% have a, have a word to figure it out. Anyway, give me a word. All right. I think you know this one, but uh, I'm uh, going to type it here. Don't count on it, bro. <laughs> I've, okay. I, I know for a fact I've told you this before. I'm sure I'd be able is, to distinguish between okay, Polish and Arabic, you. though. Uh, I don't know about that. I 100% don't know. Shatafa is how I would pronounce this. Shatafa. Am I close? Pretty close. Shatafa, yeah. Shatafa. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think I said that, bro. Um, okay, yeah, you got it. Now, because you told me, you said this before, is it a noun? Is it a verb? Is it is it I shatafa? Do you shatafa? Is it like, <laughs> I saw yes. shatafa over there? I certainly shatafa, but it's it's a, it's a noun. It's and a noun. it can be, yeah. I have noun. no idea. And there's no root word based at to. But, but gonna, you think it's Arabic, right? I think it's Arabic. And I'm going to say, okay, cool. I'm going to say, I'm going to just take a, a cool guess here. And I'm going to say, um, and, oh, it's not a verb. I was going to say a verb. I'm going to say it's plates. Plates. <laughs> Gotta be plates, bro. Bro, I launched my shawarma on a shatafa. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not do that ever. I mean, if you give it enough time, then you probably will be doing that, and Arabic listeners will know. And uh, oh, does boy. that give you a hint? So does it mean to poop? So after, um, okay, no. So it it means bidet. So you bidet. Yes, of yes, course. Shatafa is a bidet. This is an essential thing <laughs> in every Arab household. Uh, as soon as I moved to Canada, I made a purchase. <laughs> yeah, bro. And I and I'm. It's good to see that they're readily available on Amazon now for white people, because I'm glad that they're getting around to this. Yeah, and bro, to be honest, I think bidet is like I think that's a French word too. To be honest, it is. I mean, yeah, right? It is the French origin word, but that that's interesting, bro. Okay, I would have. Okay, you're at an immediate disadvantage because oh, none of I'm the etymology get, here has no, anything I'm to not do with get any French or anything. Yeah, you but know, actually, it might be close to Spanish. Sometimes, because, you know, there's there's the Arab influence in some Spanish words. All right. So here's my next word. I'm not going to tell you what language it is. All right, let's do it. But I want you to tell me what do you think, what language you think it is and what the word you think it, or pronounce it. Tarjeta. Tarjeta. What do you think it means? Or No, it's tarjeta, probably. Tarjeta. Probably it is Spanish. This is a Spanish uh, it word. Is, it is the Spanish version of tarjet, which is target <laughs> in the United States. <laughs> It's a superstar. Yeah, the the show on Netflix. Uh, is superstar. It, is it a it's, verb? It's called. Tarjeta. I feel like tarjeta. Tarjeta is a, a noun. It is a thing. It's a noun. Tarjeta. It is a thing. So tarjeta is tar from you know roads. It is not. <laughs> you can see how my brain works, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love how you're finding the root words here. Like, what do you what it is? Yeah. Tarjeta. It's like. Is. Yeah. Can I give you the example sentence? That I'm just yes, making please. up on the spot. Quiero pagar con tarjeta de crédito. Okay, I want to. The is was pagar by. Pay. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Okay, so Comprar I want to. Okay, I want to pay for. Oh, with. Okay, so is that cash? No, it's not. It's credit card. It, tarjeta ah! is card. Tarjeta is card. Okay. So tarjeta de crédito is credit card. My nice. month of Duolingo Spanish came into assist. Yeah, bro. I gave nice. you the origin of the sentence. Oh, boy. I'm not looking Let's forward to it. the next one. Please, give me the next word. Okay, the next one. I think the the language of origin is going to be pretty easy. And I want you to try to pronounce oh, gee, this. But come on. How the... <laughs> it's a fun There's... word to say, though. It's a fun word to say. Now, here's the thing. There's a healthy balance of vowels and consonants here. So I'll give it that, yeah. okay? This word for the listeners, if you want to try, play along at home. C Z I A S 
T-E-C-Z again, K-A. Now, if we should I put them how, in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. Yeah, we'll you know, that's exactly what we'll do. Yeah. I mean, honestly, as someone who has zero knowledge of Polish, that is pretty close. That is pretty good. You don't know what it is? Yeah. Okay. Um, so you usually leave this out for Santa and it's not cookies. milk. There cookies. you go. Oh, yeah. So chasteczka. Dude, Polish cookies must be disgusting. Ooh, does anybody want to eat some karcheczka? <laughs> like, no, I do Chastecka. not. I absolutely do. Beautiful. I'd sooner eat it's a fun words. word to say, though. It is a fun word to say. You I should what? have just put in like Smirchinski, like our, our biology yeah. teacher. Our biology <laughs> teacher from high school. I'll tell you what, guys. We're going to get to the footy eventually, but this is more fun. <laughs> not that much happens. I would rather do this for a second. So like ta- yeah, there's not that much that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about United. We're going to talk about uh, some other stuff, but this is more fun right now. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> what language is this? Okay, so that's caneta. Caneta. I'm going to say, okay, so this is where Spanish and Portuguese kind of messes up because they're kind of they're kind of close. Yeah. Uh, they, I'm going to say... Like, you could totally see yeah. that this would be Spanish, yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with Portuguese. I think this is a, a, a whammy. Like I think you threw me one. It is Portuguese. And right? I'm gonna say it's Portuguese. And caneta is going to mean it, it's a it's a noun, right? It is a noun. And no, I'm not gonna say it's a it's a can. Caneta means um, it's a can, bro. It's a can of soup. <laughs> <laughs> a caneta of soup. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say? Caneta means caneta Please. is the um, no, that's tender. In Italian, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say. I'm gonna say it's tablecloth. Can I tablecloth. tablecloth? It is not. Yeah. Here's my. Here, can I give you a hint? In Spanish, yes. this word is boligrafo, which I think you oh, have learned. pen. It's pen. Isn't it Let's weird? Let's go. When I was talking to my dad about this, because my dad, you know, born in Portugal, fluent Portuguese, I said to him, "Dad, how do you say pen in Portuguese?" And he's like, "He's like, I don't know. I think it's like caneta or something." But like, <laughs> and I'm like, "You know what it is in Spanish?" He's like, "I don't know, caneto." And I was like, no, it's boligrafo. I was like, why on earth would it be like such a long pen, you know, in French, stylo? Like, this is one word that has no semblance across all. Caneta. Yeah, I need to know what the etymology of that is. I have no idea, dude. The French looked at like canet and they were like, no, that's way too simple. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) All right, go ahead. Hit me with another one. Okay, it's funny because it's funny that you actually bring this up because the next word is Polish. And oh, it boy. is going to be. Does it mean pen? Please tell me it means pen. It does. Oh, come on. But this is the Polish word for pen. Okay. There's no way. They're like, we if didn't I'm whitewashing this word, word, this word is, okay. is Dlugopis. <laughs> but I know it can't be Dlugopis. It has to be Dlugopis. You have to scrunch it's your It's because the, the L has a, has a little bit of a line. Yeah. And what is, that, what does that in do? Polish is a, it's a, it's a what in Polish? It's a W. Because W's are V's. Dugopis. 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 And that means pen? Pen. Dugopis. Bro, how about that? Look at this. Wow, look at us. It's like, can I please have a dugopis? <laughs> well, there's no, there's no, uh, uh, if I hadn't lunch. provided. We both chose pen. Yeah, I, honestly, like, but I mean, you could have chosen, you could have chosen hello in Polish. Like I would have, <laughs> I wouldn't Just have got ch- any of it. Right. Um, Let's see. Here's the next one. I'm going to put this word. Uh, and again, I'm not going to tell you. And I'm going to use my last one as my sign because it's not going to be in the chat, right? I have to, I have to right. physically act it up. Um, yeah. 
what in the world? I know. I picked a really hard one. It has to be French because they love sibilance <laughs> way too much. Vicissitude, I'm going to so, say. Is that pronunciation? This is a trick question. This is actually an English word. <laughs> I just picked of course I, it is. the most complicated. Like I looked up what on earth does this mean? Like I looked up really yeah, complex. Yeah, complex to me went straight to French. Yeah, I, I would have too. You know, words that end in U-D-E seem like they could be French. Do you know what this word means? Sibilance. No. Of course not, right? Well, English is so stupid. Why would this word exist? You know what it means? So for those who didn't hear it, the word is vicissitude. And it means a change of circumstances or fortune, typically one that is unwelcome or unpleasant. One, my, my, my. Look at what kind of vicissitude do we have here? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Bro, what if someone said that to me? Honestly, I'm ending that conversation. I'm leaving right there. Honest to God. Bro, it's like when, remember I had that TA who used the word akin? He's like akin yes. to, and I'm like, shut up, dude, shut up. Like, yeah, why are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Like, you want us to think you're smart? I get it. You're a TA in university. I know that. I think you're smart <laughs> already. You don't have you to can't say use akin, akin verbally. No, of course not. It's only for written. If you say akin in, in conversation, you, you're getting punched in the face. Yeah, honestly, like without hesitation. <laughs> are you ready for my fourth word? Please give it to me. I'm not going to tell you what language this is because Daria has this seems her Arabic. opinion on that. This seems Arabic. She thinks it's Japanese. She thinks it sounds Japanese. Yo, it would if if this was written on a motorcycle, I would say that's a Japanese motorcycle. <laughs> the word on a is motorcycle specifically. Hawashi, which could totally be Japanese. Yeah, Hawashi. It could be or Arabic. Hawashi. <laughs> All right. Pretty much exactly. So how? first half of that is cool, but you're missing. So we actually pronounce it second W. So it's Hawashi. It's a fun word to Hawau. say. Hawashi. 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 Yeah. Wow. Sounds kind of like sounds like a sounds like the next Nintendo character. <laughs> <laughs> is a food in Egypt. So it's like um we have this thing called baladi bre- baladi bread. It's like pita but um with a lot of grains in it. So think of okay. it as multi-grain pita bread and then right. it's stuffed with a lot of meat and like onions and spices and stuff like that and then you um and then you just literally pan fry it so it mm. crisps up. So yeah, think of it, it sounds delicious. like a like an Egyptian quesadilla without cheese, right. and well, it's it phenomenal. Usually, you put like spicy stu- stuff in well, there. Where, where can like we get some, some here, bro? Where peppers. can I get a hawaushi? My sister makes really good ones. I'll take. I'll get the recipe and I'll make it for you. Oh, I was I gonna say, okay, yeah, let's like, go to Virginia then and just get. Yeah, some let's go hawaushi. to Virginia for some hawaushi. <laughs> I know places that make it. I've never had it like that. I've never had good ones in Canada, so I'll just make it. I'm imagining us like telling the the border representative, the security guard. So what is the purpose of your travel today? Yeah. <laughs> and then getting immediately <laughs> locked up. <laughs> like, well, these guys are here to terrorize the country. So obviously you can't <laughs> let them in. <laughs> these guys anyway. are either uh, terrorists or Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, they're one of the, We can't have that in here. Anyway, the last one that I'll do, and then you can give me your last one and we can actually move right, on to the it. footy of it all, uh, is a sign. So I'm going to move back away from my mic so I can actually demonstrate it from the full body. Okay. And then There's I'll just, no I'll give you a description. I'll give the people a description, the listeners a description afterwards. Okay. Okay. What did you say to me? So what I have done here for those who are just listening is I took my index finger and I put it on my forearm and dragged it in a half moon motion towards the back of my elbow. Yep. Holding your, holding your elbow at a 90 degree angle. That's right. Like holding my arm out as though I'm parallel to your chest, as though I'm a waiter at a, at a restaurant who would rest uh, Uh, a cloth on my, on my arm. That's how my Mm -hmm. arm is. How may I assist you? 
That's exactly. Uh, to me, that means he, he's around the corner. <laughs> Honestly, a lot of sign language would be practical like that. And in context, okay. this sign, I don't think you could ever just like, if someone was like, hey, you know, where do I put this? You would just say this because people would be like, what? Like, that surely does mean something else as well. But this sign means garbage. That's weird. Yeah, I know. I know. It is okay. very weird. It's one that I remember. I mean, I guess there's no real way to sign garbage. You're not going to be like... I mean, if it didn't have to be with your hands, maybe it could be like you could pretend that you're like stepping on a pedal and then the lid lifts. And then you're yeah, doing yeah. something like you could act if it you're just Yeah, like just Pictionary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. Or charades is anyway, the right That's, the right uh, that's for that. it for mine. And okay. the next last word. one for you, please. This is oh, the last come one. on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is you. definitely an Arabic you. word. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is not, we don't have to bleep this out because this is not profanity. This is an Arabic oh, word is. that in English is going to sound profound, uh, like, a, like, a pro, like a profanity word. Profound. Now, <laughs> you may have profound. Totally the wrong. Whoops. Not what I meant at all. Do you remember the movie um, with Ben Stiller? It was called Meet the Fuckers. Yeah, yeah. And then people were like, okay, well, this is, this is a funny, like, it's a fun word play here. This is how I'm pronouncing this word. Fuckard. Yeah, you got it, 100%. Fuck Nailed hard. it. And in Arabic, <coughs> so that movie, Meet the Fuckers in Arabic, was Meet the Fuckers. <laughs> Meet the Fuckers. So Fuckers is a verb. Do you want to take a take a shot at what that is? Honestly, I know another verb that sounds something like that, and I don't think that it's that. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I don't. Fuckers. Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, maybe it means go for a run. No, it means think. So if I'm telling you, okay, Nathan, what do you think is... <laughs> Like, what do you, <laughs> like, I need you to oh, think no. I'll say Nathan, fucker. Yeah, fucker. Oh, dude. Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. I was, okay, funny story. I was watching um, an Arabic show with, with Daria, an, an Egyptian show with Daria, and I had the subtitles oh, on for her. No. So shout yeah. out, Daria. Thank you for, for doing that. Um, and they would say fucker all the time, and I just hear a giggle, and I'm like, you're such a child. <laughs> yeah, literally, bro. Like, come on, grow up, dude. But then again, I'm giggling too. It's too funny, man. Some of these words are just it so is. silly. Anyway. Like the word end in Swedish. Like, do you remember yeah, yeah, that yeah. one where in it's the, like the in, Finding Dory one? I do. I remember exactly. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to say it, but if you guys want to go look it the up. The end of Finding Dory in Swedish ends on the word instead of end. It ends on the word slut. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious for us here. Anyway, guys. This is this has not been a uh, and I hope nobody takes what we've just done as like dissing their language because these are our languages. We speak these languages. Yeah. So we are just merely having a good time presenting interesting words and quizzing each other. Did you get any of them? Because I got zero, right? Pronunciation no, I, I did got okay. Zero as well. Oh wait, I mean I think I, I got um I was close with tarjeta. I didn't get tarjeta. I said cash. So I was in the right vicinity. Mm. All right, close enough. Yeah. Method of payment. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, technically, tarjeta just means card, which could card also be like a card, card, like a birthday card. Right, whatever. Technically. But okay. uh, I'll give it to you anyway. Because and, uh, this if you're offended, debrouille, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> debrouille and fuckard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this has been fun. This was our Brotox. I mean, for today, the YouTube version of this, if you just watch it, you know, it has just been lots of silly giggling and watching us. But maybe the ASL one was improved if you were watching it. If you are just listening to it, um, go watch it on YouTube. Give us another view. Why not? Subscribe while you're there. Master Chef <laughs> on YouTube. Guys, today, 
we got a nice condensed episode for you. We got a nice shortened episode today because quite frankly, we don't have to go super in depth on any, um, on any topics because there's not that much that happened. Like we can recap almost a week of footy, but a lot of it is not that surprising. And there are aspects of it, which we definitely have to talk about Mm -hmm. starting with obviously um, United and young boys from last week. And then we'll go all the way to uh, city underwhelmingly performing. So we got lots of stuff to talk about, but we'll get in and out of Manchester and across Europe. And just as we do, we'll figure it out. Brethren, we yep. were pretty sure <laughs> we were pretty sure that United were going to win and not just I don't just mean going into the game I mean when Ronaldo scored the first one and we're like okay well this is going pretty much according to plan yeah I leaned back I thought I thought stuff was going to be easy going from there yeah and everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked and what I mean by that is when Aaron Wan-Bissaka decides I love tackling it just decides okay I'm going <laughs> to oh I'm going to get sent off the game changes completely. And I don't like, I know young boys had like the stats. This is why I hate people who look at only stats. People like, will look at the stats after the game and not realize that United were playing with 10 and then be like, why were they getting dominated? Well, they played with 10, right? Like, so they gave up a lot of chances. And plus, Ollie is a whole other discussion. Let's lead right here. Tell me how you feel about how this game went because I was listening to our episode from last week and we didn't give you, like we had both, we've given the, the throwaway line of, yeah, well, young boys have a chance to surprise anyone, but it's not that we—it's not something we'd expect. And sure yeah. enough, they did it against the probably the group favorites. Walk me through this. They did it, yeah. So I mean, it's always possible in football. Like that's that's why we love this sport. I mean, it was at my at the expense of my club in this mm. sense, but we didn't really also give much credit to young boys because we also didn't know much about young boys. We know we they won the league. Like when I was looking at them, they won the league last season. So, but then again, there's levels to this. And you yeah, I mean, expect the Swiss to United to win comfort- <laughs> yeah. comfortably, right? So, right. Um, and and it looked like we were going on that path to win, but Wambisaka with an unnecessary tackle uh, gets sent off, and then you know there's no there's no arguing there. It was a hundred percent a red card, and then everything gets you know get thrown out gets thrown out the window. It's mm. it seemed like we had no idea what to do when we went down to ten men. Um, we weren't organized and young boys just got such a massive boost. Their crowd got on their feet and, and they started believing that they can actually do it. And by that, that point we were one up. Ronaldo had scored again. And um, we thought we were going to be comfortable, but then that red card changed everything. And, uh, and then we came back out halftime. Uh, we took off Donny van der Beek and, you know, I get it. It's not, the, it's not the weirdest substitution. I understand that. Um, but then my, the substitutions I had issues with was taking off Ronaldo and Bruno. You don't say, yeah. And like that's kind of why I mentioned I, earlier there. Like, uh, yeah, hello. I would understand if you bring out, bring off one of them. Like for me, if you want to bring off Bruno to kind of solidify that midfield and still leave enough options to counterattack with, I can mm. understand that, but you don't take out both of them because then what that does to me is mentally, if I'm a young boys defender, I go, well, I don't have Cristiano Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes to worry about. I'm just going to step up another five to 10 yards and put them under pressure. Yeah. And not to if they're on the pitch, they're on the back of your mind. They're like, Oh, I, I can't let them free. And this is when the game was one, one, right. It's not even like the game was done. Like there was still, I would say opportunity. Yeah. If there's any players who are going to make something happen, it's there was about half an hour left. Two. Right. Yeah. And, and Sancho was, was the one subbed off when they had to, when one <clears> got <throat> got sent off. Right. So Sancho had to yeah. be the sub. So you have lost like, Two of your, and obviously Sancho hasn't settled in 
as well as probably most United fans would have hoped. Not that we're writing him off, just that, you know, objectively, that, that's just how it's been. Yeah. Um, so now you have a team without Sancho, without Bruno, and without Ronaldo. And you're thinking, what's the plan here? We're just going to, like, hold on to this win? And sure enough, the, the icing on the cake, the cherry on top, is Lingard stepping up in Rashford's absence to feed the young boys <laughs> and providing <laughs> the assist. I saw that tweet, Yeah, that was a very, that was very well worded. So whoever tweeted that, yeah. congrats to you guys. But anyway, so kind of walk me through that from, from Lingard, because I don't imagine you hold you know, resentment towards Lingard, just probably towards Ali for those subs, right? Yeah, no, and, and that's the thing. Like, obviously, I have issues with individual mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, part of this fan, fan base doesn't, okay, when we win, it's individual brilliance, but when we lose, it's always that, like, that excuse of individual mistakes doesn't get thrown into it. They just mm-hmm. automatically blame Oli. But I mean, th- it was individual mistakes and Oli made mistakes. But so, but right. people don't really bring that up. To me, as, as a football fan watching, Luke Shaw should have closed the man down to prevent the cross from coming in. Even mm-hmm. if you're not going to prevent the cross from coming in, at least you, you don't let them pick out a cross with no pressure whatsoever. He right. was about five to 10 yards away from him and immediately let him. And yeah, the deflection came off of Varane. That's, you know, that's always going to happen. Uh, or there's always a risk of that happening, but that's what I'm saying. Don't let them pick out the perfect cross and the perfect placement on a cross. Um, for the second mistake, it's obviously clear as day. Lingard with 30 seconds left in the game passes back. And, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know what happened. I don't know what he was trying to do um, or what he was thinking about. For me, just clear it and then deal with the throw-in later. Uh, you're you're the last man back and you're passing yeah. it back to De Gea in 30 seconds left in the game. Game management 101, just clear it and then right. do whatever you can to, to stop the, the throw-in from being a dangerous one. But that's on the player's side. On the manager's side, Oli has had for me is a 50-50 with the substitution. Sometimes the substitutions really affect the game and, and we end up you know, benefiting well, it from it. When he does that, it's because he's putting on game breakers. He's putting on Mavericks who can change the game. No, so not, not really. He's not really. When he not subs really. on like someone the, like a Rashford to come on. No, no, okay, let's talk about this. One, you don't mean historically? On. You mean you mean of most recently? No, I mean historically. He's made some good substitutions that have either made sure we kept hand kept hold of the game or they've changed the game. So um, we brought on Matic and Lingard and those were the ones that actually like Matic got the assist and Lingard got the goal. So yeah, it could have just been, it's obviously not a stroke of brilliance. It's just, you're bringing on someone, but you have to give credit where it's due when a substitution ends up like benefiting you. And you have to ask questions when substitutions end Mm. up costing you. And to me, if I'm going to criticize someone fairly, then I absolutely have to fairly give him credit to do that. Whether that player is individually brilliant like Rashford or Bruno or whatever, someone had to make the substitution at the right amount of time in the game when he read the game. If we're losing or whatever, then sometimes he makes substitutions to make uh, changes. And sometimes he also makes substitutions that end up costing us the game. And you have to credit where it's due. And then you have to criticize where it's, where it's you know fair to do so. Um, and where it's fair to do so is something where he got in the in the young boys game, and substituting off both Ronaldo and Bruno, pressure was off of young boys completely. There was no right. threat whatsoever that was going to face them, and that just is a massive boost to anyone. And then trying to hold on, uh, you know, away from home in the Champions League is not the worst idea in the world. But when you bring off of those two players or the two players that can actually win you the game, 
that's the problem for me. Like if you brought off Bruno and brought on Greenwood for a counterattack so that he can help Ronaldo, I wouldn't have mind, minded that. Even if you brought on Lingard instead of instead of Bruno earlier on and then kept Ronaldo on the pitch, that's fine. And um, to me, that was just the issue with the substitution. And, you know, it is what it is. There are five games left. This time last year, we were sitting pretty beating Leipzig and, and PSG, and we ended up getting out of the group anyway. Right. Uh, sorry, like dropping into Europa League from the group stage anyway. So I wouldn't make assumptions on where we're going to end up. We're still heavy favorites to top this group. And uh, and we just need to win all our home games to make sure that we do. And that's just the top and bottom of it, to be honest. So we can stay on United since we're talking about them, and we can kind of mention the West Ham game this weekend, uh, and then we can you know bounce back to, to Champions League. Um, you know, obviously Lingard avenged the, yeah. the the mistake midweek by scoring the winner. But I think there was a lot of problems in the officiating of this game. And I kind of like since we're airing, oh, tell me about year, it. I want to give you that chance to, to talk about it here because really what reminded me of this was when you were saying, you know, Shaw has to close him down on the first one. You're right. But Shaw gave up the, the last minute penalty, which is, I mean, we can talk about whether or not that's a penalty. I think it is. But it's just, it, no, it's stonewall. unfortunate that Shaw's given penalty is a stonewall penalty. That the other yeah. ones are, were not when they probably had just as much of a claim. I want to talk about Varane, but we can save that for after. Tell me a little bit about the, the refereeing of this uh, United West Ham game. Yeah, uh, it's weird. So we had three penalty shouts. One that I think was not a penalty. Like, that was pretty soft. The first one was a challenge by Kufal on Ronaldo. And it's a 50-50. But if that's not given, then then they shouldn't be given. Like, that's a precedent mm. has been set. I think you brought that up. That if this is not given and, and it's given elsewhere, whether it's against City or against Chelsea, I think Joe will support this. You know, someone's going to flip. Because... Yeah. We've seen them given time and time again. And if it's not given, and, and that's part of the new rules that, you know, we're going to let the game go a little bit more, then I can understand that. But you have to continue on this precedent. Um, the second one, the one that we had before before West Ham got their penalty, for me, it was a stonewall penalty. Like Zuma on Ronaldo cleans yeah. him completely out, doesn't get the ball. It, yes, it's 2-1 up and it's the last minute of the game, but you have to give that penalty. To me, that there was no argument, and I don't know how that wasn't given. Seconds later, they go on the other side of the pitch. Uh, cross comes in, Shaw blocks it with his arm. Unfortunate, very close distance, but it's a penalty. There, his arm has no business being there. Yeah. Um, so I, I had no complaints, and I'm just glad that <laughs> David Moyes brought on... Um, on Mark Noble and he wasn't fresh enough to take the penalty well enough because um, yeah. it was a terribly placed penalty and De Gea guessed the right way so yay yeah, <laughs> first penalty save first... since I think like 2014 like, yeah exactly. like that. I was, I was literally just going to say first penalty save in ages um, yeah. do you think that the and like taking bias out of it do you think that United deserve to get the result because of the penalty shouts that weren't given or do you think that they probably got lucky to hold on I think we were knocking on the door. I think mm. if one team was going to win it, they didn't have Antonio. They took up Benrama. If one team was going to win it and was knocking on the door, that was gonna, that was us. And um, I think it's just, I was 100% set on this is going to be a 1-1. And it's just going to be one of those days. And thankfully, Lingard came on. And, you know, when you, when you have a player playing against playing against your team and he's previously played for your team, that's already, you're already 1-0 down. So West yeah. Ham should have known that Lingard was going to come on and score. Um but to me, I think justice was served when De Gea saved. And um, yeah. I'm glad that it, because honestly, 
I would be raving so much harder about that Ronaldo penalty uh, Zuma's challenge if we didn't win 2-1 um, and if Noble had scored. But thankfully, he he missed or it was saved. And uh, and yeah, like that that's just it, you know? I I would have been uh, I would have been much more pissed off if we didn't win. Yeah, and I, I can't say I blame you. And I want to like touch on something that I think needs to be addressed in the Premier League, and that's with referees. I appreciate them taking into account that there were way too many penalties last year, and that any contact was always a penalty. I don't like yeah. that. What I dislike is that whenever you have players who are prone to draw fouls in the box. They're, they're utterly dismissing it, regardless of whether yeah. or not there was contact, regardless of whether or not it should have been a penalty. If it was another player, it would have been, but it's not being given because it's a Raheem Sterling or because it's a Ronaldo or because it's a Salah. Like, players like yeah. this, right, who are conventionally penalty winners, who are not given the calls that they should be given. And this is not coming from a biased place. It's just objectively. You're like, you didn't give that penalty to, to Sterling or to Ronaldo because you know that it's Sterling or Ronaldo you know that they're yep. prone to go down in the box. But that doesn't mean it's not still a foul, right? And because it's So I just think that that kind of double standard needs to be shifted as well. But And it's weird. It's also, that not that what VR is supposed to be for? Like the ref knows that these players are prone to, to challenges and are prone to going down easily. Like at least right. VR should, should pick that up and be like, hey, I think you need to come take another look at this because right. you probably misjudged it. Yeah, but I mean, didn't the ref go look at the Ronaldo one? And he said that it wasn't a no, foul? No, he like, didn't. he look at the Zuma he, one? He went, Dude, to, he he went to look at, uh, at the handball. Yeah, I remember Which when he looked at the handball. Which wasn't given by him initially, mm. and that's weird. To me, they're both clear penalties, and he didn't he didn't go to the monitor with the Zuma one, and then he didn't call the penalty for the Shaw one. Yeah, and had Shaw to go one, to change his mind. Shaw's not in great form. Neither is Varane. I want to talk about Varane here for a second because, Varane, like we spoke about him, when he came in, he was he doesn't yeah. have the world-beater status that we kind of, you know, like uh, often we talk about the tandem of center-back partnerships and what, you know, they should have complementary attributes. I personally don't think that Varane has been excellent since his arrival. I think he's been adequate, I guess would be the best word, like for West Ham, for the goal that they scored for um, the first goal there, that Benrama scored. You look at how he's blocked. This is an individual error, right? Because Varane, if if this were Maguire, Maguire dives in front of it trying to block it, right? Uh, somebody like Ruben Diaz dives in front of it trying to save it, right? Chest open, yeah. arms behind your back trying to block it. Varane turned his body to it, right? And that is like, a, a, I don't want to say inexperienced because he's won four Champions Leagues and, and a World Cup. So obviously he's experienced, but that's an individual error. He should not be letting that shot get on target. And so that's kind of one where we can look at and say, well, yeah, it's one thing that Fred is leaving him very exposed and he's obviously settling into this new back line and that's that's fine. But there still comes a point of individual responsibility where if you're brought in as Rafael Varane, you still have to command a little bit more respect than that. And turning your back to a shot from the top of the box, it's not even like it was from like a cannon of a foot type player. It was just like from Ben Rama, yeah. who most of the time tries to finesse it. I don't... I think that Varane has a lot of improvements. And... Uh, sorry, like a like a, a long way to go before he restores his his status as one of the elite of of the league, because based on what we've seen from him so far in the league, I don't think that if we took the name out of him, that we would that we would say, oh my god, that's that's like a four time Champions League winner, right? Like, oh my god, that's a World Cup winner. I don't think we'd say any of those things. I think we'd go, okay, he's like a big, tall, athletic guy. He makes some good, you know, he wins his aerial battles. He's quick, but 
he's not settled in very well here. So I, like, tell me a little bit about Varane and, and his process to settle in and, and what you think of him so far. I have no problems with him, to be honest. Yes, that was an individual mistake. I 100% agree with you. But I, you look at that and I look at the clearance, he, the clearance he made off the line against Wolves. I look at the block he made against Wolves, the block he made against Southampton, and then the block he made against uh, West Ham most recently. Like he had another shot where it was, I thought it was 100% going in and he blocked it. And I don't know if you remember that, like Wamsaka dived in behind him, mm-hmm. but it, it, he ended up blocking it. So what I think, honest opinion about Varane, he's had great individual performances. Everything at the moment is communication. That was a mistake. It can yeah, happen. He'll take a look at that. And he'll probably too. admit it. He'll mm. admit that that was his mistake, and then he'll move on and, and then just take that into his into his next games. And thankfully, it was after a win because you can at least learn from that mistake and, and take it into uh, the next game, knowing that you still won the the previous game. So, like mentally, you're you're a lot better than if it was you who caused that um, that defeat. But. Um, my main issue with him at the moment is communication. Like he, they, they've only played three games together, uh, or probably even four, I think, if you include the Champions League game. Yeah, uh, and it takes months to build center by partnerships. Um, it's Most easier when it's, yeah, it's easier when it's the Diaz, it's the right, it's the exactly. vocal leader coming in. But when you're the athletic guy and you're not and you rely on a leader, it takes time because I remember Vidic took six months and Vidic looked like a worse off. Victor Lindelof when he came in mm. um, and then ended up building that partnership. And I'm not saying that they're, it's comparable to that partnership or that it's going to reach the levels of that partnership, but right. just drawing back to a, a similar occasion. Um, I think once the communication settles in, it's going to be great. And if we can still keep continuing to grind out results, I don't really have particular problems with it. Um, but that trio of De Gea, uh, De Gea Maguire and, and Varane, the more they play together, the more it's going to look better. And and I don't have issues with it at the moment. Like individual mistakes, he'll learn from it because of his experience. Mm. Um, but positioning is all down to communication. Positioning, when to move, when to yeah. stay back. It's it's communication. That's that's the issue for me. But as long as he keeps making good individual performances, like winning his aerial duels, um, winning his interceptions, getting clear blocks, um, and making good passes, and not making clear as day um, mistakes, I have no problem because I know communication comes with with playtime. And one mistake out of all of those isn't that big of a deal. I think he's getting a little worse for wear here because the way the United play is a little bit chaotic. It's not super settled. And so it feels like he's exposed to that. And you watch the United back yeah. line oftentimes for the game and, it, and it's so discombobulated. And you think, yeah. what the hell's going on here? And then you combine it with, you know, oh, why did United concede that goal? And you're like, oh, well, here's what happened. Because I don't think we judge defenders on their positives, right? Just like keepers. We, def- we, we judge no, yeah. them on their negatives, right? Because you think, damn it. Why didn't you, like, you should be doing more to make sure the ball doesn't go in. Anyway, that's another argument. Um, but okay, I think we can move on from United now. But I do want to talk more about the Champions League games so we can uh, go back to the Prem. There were some interesting fixtures, right? Chelsea, Lukaku is what Chelsea needed, Right. Yeah, Lukaku is clearly. there to to seal those games that would have been nil-nil no, no last season to just push them over the line this year. And when they beat yeah. Zenit, who you remember, like we were talking about Benfica, but then at the end, it kind of that little line of, but I'm sure Zenit are going to finish higher because Zenit are, are better than, than Benfica. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about the, yeah, you know what? Let's talk about Chelsea. We can talk about the North London, uh, excuse me, the London Derby. And then we can come back and talk about Barca and Bayern and stuff. But uh, cool. did you watch the game yesterday? 
Uh, the Chelsea 3-0. That's right, Chelsea 3-0. I, I watched, I didn't see the third goal, but I watched the rest. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this game because I watched it with, with two Chelsea fans. And one of them, I have to, I have to expose him here. And, <laughs> and, but I'm sure he could defend this if he wanted to. It wasn't Joe. Uh oh. Joe's brother said that Mount is the best player at Chelsea. No, come on. And I was like, dude, you're crazy. He's like, I, he's like, he's the most important. I'm like, no, 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 he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> I was like, you're crazy. When Kante dude. came on, you saw exactly who the most important player is. I was like, uh, dude, it's not Lukaku, it's not Kante. I'm pretty sure it's one yeah. of them. But um, and it's not, it's not to discredit Mount. <clears throat> it's just that. No, Mount is and one he of is the very most important. important he's players one of the, the yeah. Team. He's yeah. he's not one of the best. I mean, he is one of yeah. the best, but he's definitely not the best player. Let's talk about this game a little bit. Um, Chelsea got the job done, and Tottenham, who started high, right? They were flying high in the season, are starting to have those results catch up to them a little bit. Um, and part yeah. of it is adjusting to to the Nuno Espirito Santo system. But quite frankly, I don't really want to do a tactical breakdown of this game. I want to talk about some key things. One of them is, is Harry Kane going to lose like a tremendous amount of value between what he was worth to Spurs last season versus what his potential sale value would be come summertime of this year coming up? Because he has to. I'm sure he's going to figure it out and and start scoring more goals. But dude, like when he is not influencing the game, or, or getting on the score sheet or doing the work for Spurs, it's a. It, I wonder how Daniel Levy feels thinking. Okay, how might I have spent 150 mil if I had accepted a bid for him? Because oh. now he doesn't want to be here. I'm sure it's impacting his performance because he's like, yeah, yeah, like it's fine. Like this is where I wanted to be the whole time anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> thinking about man. Like, no, the entire dressing room you know, knows that you did not want to be here. I feel like he's going to get senioritis this whole year. And then next year, you know, his value will not like, no, they're never going to be able to get a higher bid for him than they had last no, year. No, they clearly won't. And if, if he's not going to deliver trophies, well. I think it's going to be a mistake here. And I think Tottenham who started high, right? They, they beat city this season. So I can't, you yeah. know, I can't, I can't crap on them too much, but there's still a lot of work to be done in this Tottenham side. Right. Yeah. New manager, not always, um, doesn't always get the the total impact that they want. And um, it's a new system, right? Like they did play three at the back a little bit sometimes last season, but it's it's a completely different system to what Nuno is doing um, and what he implemented at Wolves. So it's going to take them some time. Yeah, Harry Kane is a little bit rusty, and I'm sure he's going to figure it out, like you said. And uh, once it does, him and Son will have that partnership again. It's just, to me, it's kind of currently looking like Son's the most important player for their team right now. Yeah, that that's fair. So I'm, I mean, it almost is like Tottenham are have become a FIFA side here, and you look at the way that they've like set up in certain games, and they're beating people the way that you'd beat people in FIFA. They're not really like playing through people. Kane <laughs> is being less impactful because he has, and maybe maybe we're just maybe it's recency bias from what Chelsea are able to do to teams, which is to shut them out. But it often looks like Sun is like the outlet, and yeah, I am intrigued to see what's gonna un, how that'll unfold. I'm not excited to see how Chelsea progressed this season. No. Because I'm not, I don't I'm not looking forward to it. I think, you know, when Conte, when Conte stepped on the pitch, it's crazy, man. Like, I, rem- I remember last season talking about Kovacic is going to be unbelievable after he has a full season under Tuchel because 
is going to be able to transform into that general. And what Kovacic does brilliantly, I might add, is literally everything. <laughs> he does everything on the pitch that you need him to be. The problem is that sometimes leaves your defensive partner exposed, okay? Because he's not being the general role if Jorginho's on the pitch. Yeah. If Kovacic and Kante are on the pitch at the same time, and this is something that we have to look forward to, right? What you'll find, I think, as we look forward, because remember, when Kante came on, he didn't come on for one of those two center mids. He came on for Mount. Right? Oh, came on, yeah. What we'll find, I think, when those two are playing together this season between Kante and Kovacic is that there won't be a blade of grass that's left uncovered because Saul looked so exposed because he was like, where is my midfield partner? Because he was everywhere on the pitch. Kante is everywhere that you need him to be, including when you have another runner on the pitch who's doing everything. Kante's like, that's fine. I'll just, I'll support you where you're supposed to be and be everywhere else at the same time. And when you combine that with what Lukaku's hold-up play has become, and he still made some mistakes in that Tottenham game. There were times when I thought, okay, Rom, come on, bro. You're back in England, but take that attack. Like, don't regress to the player that you were before, right? Think of all the things yeah. that you've learned and added to your games and add those to and, and bring those forward. So at times I thought, you know, ah, look at this. Like, oh, his touch was a little heavy there. Or, oh, he's trying to, you know, hesitate too much and go on his left. Like, Rom, hit it with your right foot. You have a right foot now. I watched you score a lot of goals on your right uh, in Italy. Mm -hmm. Bring that to your game. But as Lukaku starts to roll and this team like really, really starts to fit together, oh man, I am not, I'm not looking excited. forward. Especially I am not that looking forward to it. If Saul plays in the midfield with uh with Kante as well, because Joe was complaining about Saul. Uh, I I'm not having that at all. <laughs> you remember I mean, Joe is saying forty five like, minutes. It was, it was very rough. Exactly. Got to just right, like, to he like was that. like, Saul is bad. I'm like, Joe, shut up. <laughs> like honestly, Saul is like, bad. Like, stop talking, man. Him. Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante, the depth they have in their midfield was is insane. And that was something that they were lacking last season. Mm -hmm. They had a midfield, uh, but their midfield was lacking compared to how much attacking talent they had. And now it's both. And now there's no uh, ideal, there's no weakness in their team. And that's the problem that every other team has. Well, unless Tuchel decides to play Kepa instead of Mendy. Here's what I think happened here, okay? <laughs> I think I think Tuchel really, really rated Mendy. And then the FIFA ratings came out. And he saw that he was only an 83 overall. And he went, like, bro, this guy's not that good. What am I playing him for? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, bro, let's so give funny. a chance to Kepa. He's not that sick. Whereas if he His came son out, told him about it. Yeah, if Mendy came out and he was like an 88 overall, like and he had like Courtois-esque stats because they're about the same height, he would have been, oh, see, this guy's sick. I knew he was sick. But, <laughs> but EA were like, nah, 83 overall. We think he's okay here. And Tuchel was like, I don't know then. Yeah, yeah he took the piss with something. Can I really stuff. trust him? And it didn't it didn't end up mattering, right? It didn't yeah. end up mattering because Tottenham. No, because they couldn't out. even reach the goal anyway. Yeah, Chelsea would just shut teams out. Anyway, I want to talk a little bit about uh Barca and Bayern because of you know what that game that game pretty much went according to plan, I would say. But mm -hmm. I want to end the show on City. So I wanna so we'll talk about Barca Bayern briefly. Um you know, we said at least 4-0. And to be honest, it really could have been, right? Yeah. There isn't a whole lot to get into here, except for looking at the Barcelona lineup and how they... And you see the the team and you think, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Like, Luke de Jong Honestly, leading the line for Barca, right? Eric Garcia, who did okay under Pep at, at, the, at, at City, but he's certainly not a world beater yet, right? And you're looking at what Bayern Munich do. 
every week, consistently. Byron, go out midweek and thrash Barca and then go on the weekend and thrash a team 7-0, right? Like, <laughs> as though it's nothing. Barca are not a good gauge this season to determine how good other teams are, unless the other team loses, yeah. in which case then we know, again, I'm not legit. But are Bayern good enough this season to go back to two years ago and, and recapture uh, the title? Uh, recapture the Champions League title yeah. or the Bundesliga? Title? Well, the okay. Bundesliga. Yeah, I think Bundesliga so. is a given. I've, they're Bundesliga definitely up there amongst the top five uh, challengers for the Champions League, and then it's just luck of the draw. Um, but mm. adding someone like Sabitzer, adding Opamecano, you remember their center back partnership was kind of aging a little bit, um, and it's completely, it's almost completely new. They got rid of, um, they got rid of who, who's uh, David Alaba. Yeah. Still have Shula, they still have Boateng, but they brought no, in no, Opa Meccano. They don't have anymore. Oh, they they lost him? Yeah, I think Boateng went over. I think he's in jail now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Boateng went over to, because he went to Lyon, but then he got... Joining he got Prison FC. Some, uh, yeah, he got hit with some some stuff. He's joining Mendy yeah. in prison. They're, they're cellmates. Hey, Mendy, yeah. They're exactly. cellmates in prison, but listen. Hey, Mendy and Charlie Adams. <laughs> I I, <laughs> I kind of see what you're getting at here, right? Like, the, the measure of Bayern won't be their offensive prowl. It'll be how well they can... No deal with other teams' offensive problems given the Yeah, Bayern score goals, 100%. Right, and that, I'm with you there. And we can talk more about them as it progresses, but I want to talk about City for the last couple minutes of the show. Let's do it. Because City had one of the most exciting games against um, against Leipzig. Yeah. What we've determined, and then not so exciting against Southampton. Did you hear all the criticism of Pep? Because I'm sure you want to ask me questions about this if you have. Is it the one about the tickets? <laughs> yeah, it, the criticism of the fans. Which no, I, I haven't heard. I, I just, all, all I've heard was, uh, I think it was City Supporters Group came out and said, like, stick to football, basically. Um, well, like, you're one of the best coaches in the world. Well, let's keep it at that kind of thing. It's just saltiness, to be honest. I, and I don't like this this division, like this fabricated division. Because Pep, obviously, is very devoted to City. And no City fan will tell you, that, you know, will, will complain about what Pep's done for the club. But when Pep challenges the team and the, the fans, hey, Look at the, how exciting these games are. Why are there empty seats here? I agree. And City, of, yeah. as most, have international fan bases. Uh, and most, every team, right? Every team in the world has more supporters outside of their city than they do in the city because that's oh. what makes them all this freaking money, right? We yeah. know this. The stadium can only carry fifty to 70,000, okay? And like, exactly, yeah. Chill. Yeah, and City's stadium carries... Uh, in the high 50s and 55, 56. I'm like, the that, problem yeah. here is that I learned, I read this because I saw it on my Twitter because I follow obviously city accounts and some of them were tweeting critically of Pep yeah. and some were defending. City don't allocate that many tickets to, and maybe they should start, but they don't allocate that many tickets to to tourists. So a lot of the 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 people who attend the games are like proper born and Locals, you know bred yeah. local city fans. Whereas teams like some of the other big four teams, Liverpool, Chelsea, no, United, uh, Man yeah. United, allocate yeah. like like at least five thousand tickets a game to 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 tourists, and I'm like, well, damn, man, let's freaking bump this then, so if we can get more of these fans in the in the stadium, because obviously we're very familiar with it. But then all on the of weekend, Saudi Arabia, it was a, all of Saudi Arabia, bro. The weekend, the game, they they listened to Pep's criticisms, right? The fans were like, okay, let's go then, let's beat the shit out of Southampton. And we did not. <laughs> we did not. Now, City have been, and it's, you know, you can't, when you're on top, you can't complain because you, you can't get sympathy, right? There's no sympathy for, yeah, for, for top dogs. 
and not necessarily asking for it, but you look more closely and you're thinking, okay, why are they not being as effective as, as I think they are? And it's like what you were saying earlier, right? About like some of the criticism of United. It's like not taking, it's taking into account the brand and the, and the badge, but not necessarily what is actually going on there, right? Yeah. yeah. Rodri is injured, right? Zinchenko is also injured. Um, Gundogan just picked up an injury. Like, and All of those Laporte, are really big misses. Like. Laporte and um, um, my boy, Englishman, center back, John Stones. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Okay. And Stones is also injured, which means that the partnership right now is Ake finding his feet okay. after like two years of not playing, right? And so Diaz is coaching him, and, and Ake scored in the Champions League, which is great. But the fact is we concede when Ake is playing. He's not, he's not on the level, obviously, of American no, Fault, and he's not on the level of John Stones, given his resurgence. And quite frankly, conceding hasn't really been the problem, right? City only conceded one goal. But it, Kev has not come back fully fit yet. Foden has only just started to come back. There are, I don't want to say issues on the pitch because we've done pretty well predominantly in losing to Spurs. Like I said, we always lose the same way. Southampton is, I actually want to give credit to them here because, and this is, I'm not bringing this up because of the speculation of what, because of the, the controversy with Pep. But you know, I've said for a long time, I wanted Hasenhuttle to be Ollie's successor. I wanted him to take over. Yeah, I thought he could do a great job. I want him to be Pep's successor at City. I think he could do a great job. And much like I do, we make a lot with a little, right? We get, we have our, <laughs> our little show and we go out, we get a big ass sponsor, right? Because that's what we do here, right? We're just a small little show, uh, little Jersey Wall family over here. And what we, we do, get things done. We get things done and we grow. And now we're international. We get things done and we grow yeah. our brands, right? <clears throat> that is, and Southampton are sometimes hit or miss, right? And we know this. And they are ravaged by injuries themselves and losing mm-hmm. key players in, in the offseason. But Ralph Hasenhuttle's a damn good manager, and he he took yeah, yeah. it to City. He did not say, okay, let's just, oh boy, you know, it's City. Let's sit back and try to tough one out. Maybe we can catch him on the counter, as most teams do, and sometimes it works, and most of the time it doesn't. He said, no, let's take this to Man City and try to kick their asses. And you know what, man? They pretty much did, okay? Because there were times in that game where City couldn't get anything going. City were trying to play through the press, and they couldn't. Southampton's press was freaking good. And defensively, they were, they they were organized. They were, I remember when we played them uh, away from yeah. home. So, yeah, they took a point off us. They took a point off you guys. They're a difficult team to beat, especially when they're coming at you. They, they are, especially for, for top teams, right? Because it seems like bottom teams they'll lose to when they're playing more open yeah, yeah. and they're not playing in that same system. So that's why I say they're hit or miss. But I think more credit has to go to – because City will be fine, right? So it's, we can't really say, well, City not beating Southampton. What's going on? you know, Brighton are ahead of them in the table. Brighton are freaking, <laughs> Brighton are firing right now. Pep came out after the game and said, you know, if we have a center forward, we win the game. And he's right. And that center forward's yeah, name is Erling true. Holland. And we're <laughs> going to go out and get, and while Kane's value is plummeting, you know whose value is going up? Erling das Machine, Erling yeah. freaking Holland, bro. I can't wait. I hope we get him next year, but I know he's going to be in Spain. <sighs> he's going to be playing with him. Yeah, no, nah, it's going to be, yeah. They're going to double swoop. <laughs> 73 million and they're going to get Pogba on a free. So, yeah. These bastards, these cheeky <laughs> bastards over at Madrid. Can't believe Florentino freaking Perez, man. Yeah. Oh, anyway, what are we going to do about it? Is there any other questions you want to ask me about this Man City nonsense that's been going on? Because it, I'll remind you. I think you, it'll be fine. Last season, it was like, what is going on? Oh, sorry. Before we go, 
special praise to Bernardo Silva. Bernardo yes. Silva deserves all of the credit in the world. <laughs> and people who don't rate him, I don't rate them. I don't rate those people. Yeah. You know, he's so like, you know influential how those in the game. No, like let you know that who knows stuff about football and who doesn't know stuff mm. about football. Yeah, I I hope that this he, is one of those opinions. When De Bruyne comes back, that Bernardo, because you re, remember, bro, Centurion season, Bernardo was the heart of the midfield. He was the heart of the team. I like him in the, the midfield, team. man. I like. Him. I like him anywhere that he's playing on the pitch, and if he's not getting involved on the score <laughs> sheet, he's making things happen. Play him as left back, dude. Play him as as in the Gundo spot. He's just short. So to get on the end of headers, mm, Gundo gets on the box a lot. Can't do it. But you know what? Bern- Bernardo could do a job anywhere. You tell Bernardo where to go and he'll he'll put in a shift there. I and like him, man. I like him being an England player. I like him too. I hope he doesn't leave. I know there was so much speculation about him leaving in the summer. I don't think people realize how important he actually is to the team, even if he's not on the score sheet, because he's crucial to how the team performs and they perform whether you like it or not even if he's not scoring a hell of a lot better than when he when he's in the side versus when he's not yeah and when he no, leaves and he totally goes agree. to I love and he goes to a different team he's going to be pretty much exactly what Luka Modric yeah. is like at, in the bottom off season people are going to go boy why did City let that go and I'm going to be right here saying I know I told you so <laughs> I told you, you. Stupids. why are we doing this <laughs> ridiculous Anyway, guys, I think, are we going to wrap TJW 109? Yeah, I'm confident with that. I'm confident with this right, episode. I, I had a lot of fun with that bro talk. Me too, bro. What a fun what a fun little bro talk. Check that out on YouTube. You can find uh, bonus clips of the Jersey Wall and bro talk segments and stuff like that at MasterChefNay on YouTube. When you're there, subscribe. Leave a like. Do your thing, guys. We appreciate you. You can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos and everywhere else at MasterChefNay. Brethren, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at mina.gali98 and uh, on Twitter, I'll give you a follow back uh, if you can find me. Boom. Sounds good. Coming weeks, we have exciting episodes. We're going to do one. I don't know if it's going to be with you or with Joe, but I want to review the new FIFA cards that have come out. Uh, yes. I'm going to talk to KJ about some stuff. I'm gonna. Tr- We're going to have some exciting like episodes it. in the coming weeks, but uh, I think this was a good one. 109, baby. Soon to come, 110. Let's go. Let's do it, guys. Take care. We thank you, as always, for your support. We love you all. Don't forget to check out ElmontYouthSoccer.com. Never overpay for stunning jerseys ever again. Enter promo code TJW10 at checkout, and you're going to save yourself 10% on your order. Boom. That's a wrap, everybody. We'll see you right here next week on the Jersey Wall Podcast, baby. Woo!